When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, we talk about what a man's gotta do, and a woman, and a robot. All in the future. This is Lower Party. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. I'm Caleb. And I'm the Dark Desperado, Bruce. And today we're going to be talking about the Deadlock Gang and its ties to long-standing character McCree and newly revealed and released character Ash. Wait, wait, wait. We're not talking about Red Dead Redemption? I think that was last week. Maybe this this is the Red Dead Redemption Overwatch crossover episode. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so the Deadlock Gang has actually been an established part of Overwatch lore for some time now, being a key integral part of McCree's backstory. Um, McCree was originally a member of the Deadlock Gang before he was requested in massive air quotes to help in massive air quotes. Um, requested with handcuffs and a gun. <laughs> Um, to join the, um, Overwatch's Black Ops organization, Blackwatch, and, um, uh, basically continued his career with Overwatch and eventually became a hero through that. We knew relatively little about the Deadlock Gang, besides a few contextual clues inside some of the in-game created levels. More or less, we knew at least that they were a gang of ruffians and miscreants and ne'er-do-wells in the Southwest who had been, been doing a lot of bad stuff and, I guess, heists, um, you know, on trains, and that's about as far as we were able to get from it. Yeah, pretty much. And the recent reveal of the origin story and um, aspects of the story of um the newly revealed character ash actually gives us a lot of info on this deadlock gang and by extension a lot of also background info on mccree as a character so what we were able to glean from the reunion animation short and the uh intro short for ash she is a uh you know rich girl from a very affluent family of I don't know, like they look like oil tycoons, but, you know, um, they're just very rich. Uh, She grew up pretty much with them kind of always being very absent because they were very rich and successful. And she was pretty much raised either by the help or by her robot butler, Bob, who is just this huge stacked Omnic dude uh, with like one of those old timey mustaches that curl around past your, you know, cheeks and through your whiskers and then attached to your hair anyway um (laughs) she had been uh so she had been kind of always a troublemaker probably just acting out in school for attention 
and she just kind of started to fall in with a really bad crowd and ultimately uh, began a life of crime and then was one of the founding members of the Deadlock Gang. Uh, her and Bob, uh, who was her butler, but also probably even more than that, she, he is, you know, her, you know, surrogate parent uh, in a way, uh, always comes in to save the day. Uh, he's like pretty much well equipped to be able to get her out of almost any situation. And she herself is just very quick to anger. She is uh, just very uh, kind of bratty. Um, in a sense, and uh, I really do like her character and how she was introduced uh, and the history that she has with McCree in the Deadlock Gang. Yeah, so as kids, the two of them met and they started committing crimes together and eventually... I don't know if you want to call them kids at the time that they were, you know, committing crimes. They were <laughs> they were very responsible adults. With responsible also in massive air quotes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so... um. They started committing crimes together and eventually, um, in the success of it, decided to form a gang. And uh, so they started getting people together and formed what became known as the Deadlock Gang. Now, the new information on this is finding out that McCree was actually a founding member of the Deadlock Gang. We had known he was a member of it before. We hadn't known he was essentially one of its leaders, which gives a whole new light on his um relationship with Overwatch because um it had always been described at least or it, I had always pictured it in my head at least that McCree was more or less quote unquote rescued from the Deadlock Gang if that makes sense where like what like a lost puppy like i mean almost like that the idea being that like he was with them but like they probably didn't have to twist his arm that much to say hey come work for the heroes like he was just looking yeah, for a side em. to fight for but this <laughs> this gives this whole new side of it though where this reveals that he actually was the leader of this gang and that his early relationship with Overwatch was probably not a willing one so i think i guess my question is like in your mind, does this change, at least in your opinion, um, your perspective on McCree as a character or, like, his perceived heroism? Do you think this makes him more heroic because he's undergone a redemption arc of sorts? Or do you think this makes him less heroic because it seems like this is just something that's been boiling under him and he's only been working for the good guys because he was trying to get out of jail time? I think initially he was going to do that just, you know, to get out of jail time, but I think he's always had a heart of gold, even to the point when he was in the Deadlock Gang. I think, really, it kind of shows that he probably did not like the direction of the Deadlock Gang, of where it was going, uh, and how we're seeing how he reacted in retribution uh, to Reyes uh, killing off a member of Talon like that. It felt wrong to him. It was not much less of him feeling like, you know, I'm not going to get paid for this, that didn't matter. As long as he got home, nothing would really affect him. He has always, I think, had that kind of sense of morality. And we see now that after he left Overwatch, he started taking up, you know, gun for hire jobs, but only took ones that he himself thought were just. Uh, I think he has always had a sense of morality and heroism, but I think it was just kind of polished out to really like come to the surface for him uh once he got into uh Blackwatch and uh then going on his own he really did kind of 
uh, mature to the point of knowing, you know, uh, he was able to learn what being a real hero meant. It's definitely interesting because, like, by that interpretation, we can also see, in a lot of ways, aspects of the Deadlock Gang suggesting some parts of its leadership may have been influenced by McCree and some parts of it may have been some of its more aggressive parts may have been influenced by Ash where she may have been the the yang to his yin in a lot of ways because it seems like since he's left that the deadlock gang has kind of started expanding its territory a lot more or become more ruthless and and become more ruthless exactly but that definitely ties an interesting aspect at um with Ash where um from a story perspective She's continuing a recent trend of newly introduced characters having fairly simple backstories, but a direct relationship to an existing character's story, similar to Hammond's relationship with Winston or Brigitte's relationship with Reinhardt, um, arguably uh, Moira's relationship with Talon. Whereas it used to be that when a new character would get introduced, it would be like Doomfist or Sombra, where their backstories were way more uh, complex. And Doomfist and Sombra's presence very much kind of complicated the story with their introduction. Whereas um, Wrecking Ball and Moira and Brig, uh, they're more a deepening of the story, I suppose, or a thickening of the story. I don't know what the appropriate word would be there. Adding adding depth. Yeah. And so I guess that's that's where my question is, is um, they're adding a degree of depth to the existing story by building within it. But they're not expanding it. You're saying, yeah. But they're but they're not so much. They're not doing as much expansion of it. Um. So I guess my question is, in your opinion, do you see this as a positive direction for the story development, where this is kind of a a deepening of the existing universe and lore, and getting to find out more about McCree through this new character that's being introduced, or do you see this as kind of a more simplistic way of introducing new heroes? And less interesting than the somewhat more story-heavy introduction of characters like Doomfist and Sombra. I gotta say, I really do like this. Um, I am a huge, you know, lore junkie, and I am always happy to be able to get uh, as much more story as I can out of Overwatch. And, you know, I do understand that there are some problems with not being able to get, like, new characters that are completely kind of detached from the already you know expanded mythos of overwatch uh and seeing people like doomfist or sombra just come in and just completely flip over or you know show a completely different side of the overwatch world um has its perks you can't give every you know character that treatment because you know we saw months months of uh you know reveal stuff for both doomfist and sombra and, you know, sometimes, you know, that is good. And, you know, it's not written in stone that we're never going to get that again. It's just, you know, from what we've heard, there's going to be like six new heroes already in development. And more than likely, they're going to have some sort of connection to what's already in the uh, Overwatch roster. But I think that's good because it does expand on more lore on not just this new character, but the existing characters as well with their different interconnectedness uh, and their relationships, good or bad, it shows a better side and different dimensions of all these characters all at once. I think that's a really good way to be able to, you know, expand the story, add more depth, but also, um, you know, hit two birds with one stone. 
just being able to give more lore on a character that may have been shrouded in mystery or there was an aspect of their life that we had not known that you know a lot of different fans have been speculating on for months or even years and so and that definitely is interesting because you you did touch on that point and you kind of you kind of touched against the uh next question that i kind of wanted to confirm and ask with these new hero announcements if this is a tease in the increase in character release rate and we're going to start getting new heroes getting to released more often um regardless of whether you like this other method or not which of the two methods would you personally prefer to see from these upcoming characters would you prefer to see more Hammond Brig style introductions, Ash style introductions, where most of the newly introduced characters are somehow connected to existing aspects of the story, existing known backstories, or would you rather something more akin to Sombra or Doomfist or Orisa, where they are themselves kind of a their o- the result of their own story, the result of their own complication? and not a supporting character in another hero's story. All right, so I really do like how they're interconnected. Obviously, that's going to make things really complicated if that's each and every one of these six. Uh, But I do like that because then it does add a little bit more of the history to, or, or the backstory or the background to another character. And that's what I'm here for. So let me ask you something. Did you like diva's uh animation short more than you liked ash's animation short i'm gonna be honest i liked ash's a little bit better and it's because we didn't see diva oh sorry well i guess i'm just gonna speak for myself here but i didn't like it because i didn't see any other character no one not like not even like having lucio just kind of jump in it even seems to be taking place just before the recall uh message that Winston put out. It's just Diva operating in South Korea, protecting everyone. I was a bit just kind of saddened that I just see Diva acting like Diva and there's not really been any new information other than, you know, the different mecha pilots and her friend, not boyfriend, Mm -hmm. who is her assistant. And we we don't even get to see the Leviathan, uh, the big Leviathan Omnic. We just see like tiny little things. It added nothing substantial to the hero lore that we had. But in this reunion short, we see McCree animated. We see Ash and Bob. We see members of the Deadlock gang. We see a map that's already existing and has been in like Overwatch before any, you know, um, other maps have been added. It was like part of the original ones. It's added so much to what we already knew. And I like that being shown because it shows so much more without having to tell you anything or just, you know, showing how, you know, Diva spends her off time in between mech fights. And, you know, obviously Diva is part of the original roster, but I could definitely see something like that with, you know, Sombra, but like she was interacting with some of the original characters too. And Doomfist, I really did like how he was introduced. And not to say that these aren't like bad ways to introduce characters, but it definitely limits what can be told and what can be shown about the rest of the world. That that makes a degree of sense. So I can I can sort of see that. I'm 
I'm of a little bit more mixed opinion. I think any new lore is good new lore. I think we've been starved by the developers for some time of, like, real meaty Overwatch lore, and whatever we can get is great. But that having been said, I really like seeing these kind of, like, massive updates to the story that come from a character whose very existence challenges the story as we've seen it so far in interesting ways. I think their ability to do that with every character is a little bit more limited, so I understand that you're going to have to build within a lot and build a lot of characters that have connections to other characters, but I'm a little bit more of the hope that of these new characters that are getting introduced, that at least a handful of them are going to mix up the world as we know it in some interesting way. Yeah, but how long can you be able to do that without it, you know, starting to lose its luster? I think I think you could just as easily ask the same question of the the slow inward expansion that the Overwatch universe has been experiencing um up until now, where I think it, it's it's a challenge Overwatch is going to find in either end of its spectrum and It's got to find a happy medium. Yeah, it's got it's got to find a happy medium, and I'm wondering if these new characters are going to be a more intentional attempt at finding that happy medium. We're going to be going into a new phase of uh, Overwatch that I don't think we've ever seen before, and I, for one, am super excited. Hey, it's Abu, executive producer of Lore Party. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, maybe take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.